0: How many of you guys grew up, um, sword of the spirit, you're battling demons and all this kind of nonsense? Yeah, I'm hanging on to me too. Uh, and I remember being a grown adult going, what am I doing? I never did this until I became a Christian. Now I'm like this strange person. Um, like Jeff, you and I were just talking about this. Is I, and if you do it, I, I'm not... <laughs> I was just sharing with him. Well, I was outside this nice restaurant with these, these people and this, this guy is praying over one of my friends and he's doing the whole... I break this thing, and I'm standing there going, if I ever want to evangelize, this is really strange to me, you know, like, you're right in this nice restaurant, and I'm like, don't do that kind of stuff, that gives you, share the gospel with them, amen, that gives us a really bad name, in my opinion, because all these wealthy businessmen are walking by going, huh, it's one of those nutcase Christians, you know, and uh, and I'm like, yeah, I I feel the same way, our life was normal until we became a Christian. Like, we didn't do all that weird stuff, and our life worked. It was just interesting to me. So the sword of the spirit, I'll have you know, is not something you have to fight demons with. They're already defeated, okay? It's not this thing, and I know all you've all learned, it's the only offensive weapon in the seven part of the armor and all that. And I go, it's an offensive weapon for you. It's literally a surgeon's scalpel that distributes life to your body, soul, and spirit. It's not a fighting demon. The demons are fought and over, okay? It's It's a scalpel, a surgeon's sword for you. Does that make sense? Now we got to start going through scripture where the sword, let's go look at where the first time sword was ever mentioned. Is that okay? And then we go through scripture and see what does the sword actually mean? Because the Bible are types and shadows of good things to come is what it says. How many of you guys know when, when Jesus was saying all that, we even look at the, in Hebrews there, that letter to the Hebrews, when he's saying that in the volume of the book it's written about me, what book was written at that time? The old covenant, new covenant wasn't even put together yet. The only book written, the only scriptures written was the Old Covenant. So that's what they're always referring to. Hey, those were all types and shadows, okay? So let's go to the first place in the Bible where the sword is, uh, is mentioned. It's actually after Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good. It, it means this. It's, um, he doesn't want you to eat from the tree of mixture. Because good is good, isn't it? The good news, the good. It said, but don't eat from the tree of good and what? Evil. What's Evil. Full of toilsome works. I gotta go work to be pleasing to the Father. He goes, don't eat from that because that will surely kill you. It sounds good though, doesn't it? Hey, you become a Christian, now go do all these things to be pleasing to God. I'm just telling you, you'll never find rest there. You'll never find everything you're striving for. A lot of you guys are striving to increase your faith. They go, it actually depletes your faith. Trying to do that is when you just go, Lord, you know what, I just trust you. I, I trust in your faithfulness and I can rest in that. Now that, that's a fruit of the Spirit. Does that make sense? So let's just read this here. So Adam and Eve eat from the wrong tree. They eat from the tree of mixture. And uh, God says, you know what? Now they've become like us. If you go look at it, what does that mean? That means God could produce life in himself. But he said, now these people I think they can produce life in themselves. And I've been talking about that. As is, is you, were, you were dirt, right? And he breathed his what into you? Spirit. Can, can dirt produce life? No then you and your own effort cannot produce life. It's got to come out of your spirit. Does that make sense to you guys? And guess what? It's his spirit working through you. Your spirits are, are in union now. He goes, I want to produce everything in you, even your, even your love, even your faith, everything. You can't produce it. But I see a lot of Christian teaching that, hey, fix this in your life, increase this, stop that. You can't. How many guys have tried? And you just, you just eventually you just punt on third, right? Like, I'm tired of this thing. I've been there. Um, so, so this is where people get confused. After he drove out the man, he placed on the east side of the garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword. that's the first time swords ever mentioned. He placed a cherubim and the flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Now, he's guarding the way to the tree of life, not keeping them from the tree of life. See, we think he's driving man out because he's irritated by Adam and Eve He goes, I'm just going to go punish you. He's like, listen, no, if you eat from this tree of life in this condition and I don't go conquer sin and death, you're going to be miserable forever into eternity. Does that that make sense to you guys? He goes, so I'm going to, out of my love for man, I'm going to, I'm going to put them on the east side of the garden and I'm going to put a sword there and cherubim to what? To punish them, to protect the way back into Eden. Isn't that cool? It's out of his love that he drove man out, but I always thought he was mad and sin. <clears throat> right? That might, in fact, I, I grew up Dutch Reformed and all the pastors, geez. Whew. You wanted out of there in a hurry, man. I always thought, in fact, this guy's pastor. I remember I'd be like you, Ron. I just felt like he was like piercing me the whole time. I'm like, <laughs> let me hide. Yes. I'd be a little kid. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Seven little Polish knuckleheaded kids, kids. And... Your mom's slapping you about everything, right? So anyway, gum, oh my God. I'm here chewing gum right now. Oh, that quenches the spirit. It's over. <laughs> Don't blow a bubble exactly right. That's, that's, that's that eternal damnation right there. Anyway, all right. So, after each, <laughs> guys, I get it. I mean, the older generation thinks it's nuts. Like, if, if, if somebody put their feet on this chair, oh, my God, my mom had a conniption fit. So, I'm like, mom, it's okay. They're, they're, like, they're like, it's a single mom. She's got kids here. Let's, like, love her. No, she put their feet on that chair. Don't they know it's the Lord's house? <laughs> no, they don't know that. That's why we're trying to be a good example to them. And like, we're trying to show them that you, you actually love them. Um, not angry at putting their shoes. Anyway, you get, you get it. How many you guys grew up like that? Remiko, I know you did because we've talked about it. We, right? <laughs> so guess what? You were a preacher's kid. How'd that work out? <laughs> I love it. Anyway, you, you know why? Because we usually go, what in the world is going on here? If it was working so well, how come you look like that? That's how I always looked at all these Christians. they like, it's not working, whatever you're doing. So anyway, all right. So on the, hey, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? You guys know what the three doors into the temple were? The way, the truth, and the life. That's what they were named. Where, which entrance could you come into the, the temple through? East. The Eastern Gate, right? You know that because you've you've gone there. Isn't that fascinating? So Jesus is. It, this is all types and shadows. The, even the temple system itself was types and shadows. He goes, listen. On the east side, I'm going to place cherubim and a sword to preserve the way into Eden, the tree of life, back into my presence. Does that make sense? So what is a picture of the cherubim, guys? The mercy seat, right? So how are you going to get back into the tree of life? How are you going to get there? How are you going to, how are you going to experience life? By the mercy seat, which is the propitiation for our sin, meaning sin's over. Does that make sense? And the flaming sword. Now all through scriptures I'll show you what is the flaming sword. It's the word of God. It's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only way. He's the, he's the way, the truth, and life. He's, he's the mercy seat. It's a picture of him. He's going to shed his own blood on the mercy seat between the cherubim, right? And then when Mary and the, and the women and the disciples ran into the garden and they saw the empty tomb, what, what did they see there? Two angels sitting on each end is what it says. The Bible is very clear. It says on each end, this is what are you doing here? He's rose. And Jesus' real blood was placed on those stones between it. It's all a picture of this is your way back into life. Now the sword to protect, to guard the way into the back of the life is this double-edged sword that Hebrews talks about. Amen. It's all a picture of Jesus It says the sword is the word of God. So, I know a lot of you guys are going, hey, you need to memorize scripture so you can yell scripture at demons. Didn't you have that, Reds? Didn't you do that kind of stuff? You got to know what's in there because then you got to be able to yell at the demon. Like, I've never seen a more loony bunch. Yelling, that, <laughs> There's no assurance of the heart and the kingdom comes in the heart. The sword is for your heart. It's the word of God, the message of your heart, and I'll show you all that. that when, you, when you get the love of the Father in your heart, now it's the most powerful thing in the world. It produces life. Does that make sense to you guys? Okay, everything's out of your heart. I just want to share a couple things. Um, uh, you know what? This is the book where, if you want a secular part, some of you guys have read this. I know Robert Cairn, you've read this. Heart math, et cetera. I love this kind of stuff. Because to me, it validates what Scripture really says. And unfortunately, most people believe, they actually understand science better than the gospel because they've eaten a mixture of the gospel so much. They've eaten the Old and New Covenant and doesn't understand there was a separation. And so, I just want to share some things out of you, but... If you if you go read the love code etc, it says love is the most powerful force in the world, and we've all seen that. But I want to share a couple of things that this uh, this heart math institute. They basically hook up people to, they do all these studies about your heart rates and all these different things. But I just want to share. So this is the scientific part of this. It says, um, and I've shared this with you. But the hearts make the heart's electromagnetic field is by far the most powerful <clears throat> produced by the body. Meaning all these think Joe's an electrician. He's a double E that, you guys, know the double-E guys were the smartest guys in school. I changed my major because of you. <laughs> I go into the, my 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 weed out class of electrical engineering at the Air Force Academy. I go, these guys are smarter than me. Um, he's talking about phases and all this Laplace transforms. I go, I have no idea what you're even talking about here. I'm from Iowa. Can you speak English? You know, like, yes, that's what it was. So anyway, they're the smartest guys. Don't let anybody tell you. They really are. It's approximately 5,000 times greater in strength than any field produced by the brain. The heart's field not only permeates every cell in the body. This is what that love code talks about. Your heart exhibits this magnetic field, which you can feel 8 to 10 feet away. That's why when somebody walks in, you can tell something's going on. Does that make sense? You can tell if they're at rest or not. And uh, the heart's field not only permeates every cell in the body, but also radiates outside of us. It can measure up to 8 to 10 feet away with sensitive detectors. So that's why, ladies, you're really good at it sometimes. Um, I can be and sometimes usually it's, uh, I'm not as good as her, because we're crazy sometimes, and we're fired up about life, and then she's like, something wrong with that guy. She's like, why, why, what? I'm like, I just don't trust him, because there's something in their heart that she can sense. Does that make sense? It doesn't mean we don't love them. It just means like, hey, be careful, because they can say all the right things, but there's something going on in their heart that's not quite right. Follow me? So I want to share this with you. This is really cool to me. Oh, I love this kind of stuff. So here's what he's saying. Experiencing uh, positive emotions such as happiness, appreciation, compassion, care, love, not only change the patterns of activity in your nervous system, which the love code talks about all the time, they also reduce the production of the stress hormone cortisol. Since the same precursor hormone is used in the manufacture of both cortisol and the anti-aging hormone DHEA. Don't people take supplements of DHEA? Yeah, I think they do. When cortisol is reduced, DHA production is increased. This powerful hormone is known to have protective and regenerative effects on many of the body's systems and is believed to counter many of the effects of aging. I'm getting to the good stuff in my opinion. Experiencing care and compassion have been shown to boost levels of IgA, an important secretory antibody, that's the immune system's first line of defense. Increased IgA levels make us more resistant to infection and disease. Numerous studies have revealed that feeling loved and cared for not battling demons, guys. Not feeling sin conscious. Not trying to build your faith. Feeling loved and cared for. See, if you, if you feel that the Father's going to take care of you perfectly and you're perfectly loved, it produces life in you. It's so awesome. And so feeling loved and cared for, along with caring for others, actually plays a greater role in increasing our health and longevity. Well, oh, you guys aren't going to like this one. Being Feeling loved and cared for, plays a greater role in health and longevity than physical factors such as age, blood pressure, cholesterol, or smoking. You know how I knew that was real? I watched my family growing up. My dad smoked camel straights, healthy as an ox, never went to church. And all the Christians are freaking out, dying. Interesting to me. She knows that. That's why I wanted to be a doctor originally. I go, gosh, you know what? I just think everything's psychosomatic, which just means what we believe in our heart. And scripture says that. Guard your heart with all diligence because out of it are the issues of life, which literally means the boundaries of how much life you're going to experience. Does that make sense? And yet we're doing everything but that in Christianity. Do this, pray this, read this. Don't do that. Don't eat this, that'll kill you. It says, you know what? Feeling loved and cared for is a much better prediction of health and longevity than even smoking. So I'm trying, to, <laughs> I'm trying to do my best not to mix law and grace. Does that make sense? Now, I know some of you guys get irritated and want me to balance it, but there is no balance in my opinion. It's all or nothing. It really is. It's, it's all, it has to be. You know, if you go look at how many times it says Hooper attached to grace, and it, I, I struggle with this because I know a lot of, there's big ministries that talk about it all the time. I, but in my opinion, I go, does that give me peace and assurance that I have to balance something? Because my natural mind goes like this. Well, do i have enough balance how will i know if i'm balanced enough i get self-focused immediately then isn't that interesting if i tell my kids hey solomon until you balance this you're not going to get anything yet we treat the father that way and we celebrate that kind of teaching i just i don't like it at all to be honest with you because i think it hurts you guys i think it hurts your heart and your ability to believe it's, we're supposed to give you assurance. Assurance. You don't have to worry about anything. He'll take care of you. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father, is what he said. Did Jesus ever turn anybody away that came from healing? Even if they had way whacked out faith. You have little faith. Come, he healed them all. He, right? Isn't that true? So, anyway, I just want to share some things with you because this, this is, uh, I, I love, to me, this is where I, I think... Um, Guys, Christianity, we're supposed to have the whole thing. We're supposed to have the whole kit and caboodle. And a lot of times I watch the secular world just kick our rear end and it's always frustrated me. And then everybody was going, no, it's because they, you need to pray in the spirit. That's the secret. And I'm like, well, I'm watching you pray in the spirit and you're building your house yet you're still sick. And you're building, your, I get it. You know, I've even taught it. Now I, I, I've told her, I go, man, I even look at those scriptures where, hey, we pray in the spirit and it says it's your rest and refreshing. I, I, even, guys, you can pray in the spirit and be so unrestful. Oh, you can do it out of the flesh so much, amen? And what, if you go look at that scripture, he says, listen, I'm going to give them rest and refreshing. He literally, at Pentecost, all of these people heard them speaking in their own language. And he said, listen, I'm going to share the good news of Jesus, which would give them the rest and the refreshing. And they all heard it in their own language. Uh, I've seen lots of people praying in the Spirit for 30 years, and I don't see any rest or refreshing. I see you angry. Anyway. So I just want to share this. This is from Steve Jobs. I love this kind of stuff. You see, we should have everything. These guys tuned into their heart. The only thing they didn't have was a rest for their conscience. We've got the whole thing. We've got, we're sinless. We have a rest for our conscience. But here's Steve Jobs. Have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. What does that sound like? Your gut and your heart, your spirit man, right? They somehow know what you truly want to become. That's from the graduation address at Stanford University. One of my all-time best talks ever. And I'm like, geez, that needs to be taught from... Stages not going you don't have this and that's why your life is this and he's going listen uh, I I love Einstein too. I've always loved it. I've always loved that. That's why I love this kind of stuff Here's what he says Um, See a lot of you guys are trying to read scripture. You're trying to do all these things to gain knowledge, right? And I've seen lots of people that know every verse in the Bible They don't one thing in it because they don't know it's a picture of Jesus all of it has to come to the end So here's Einstein Imagination is more important than knowledge. You guys have all heard that right? And he, he talks about it when he, when he, uh, when he had, came up with the theory of relativity. He said, listen, I, I, envi- I envisioned myself riding on a light, on a light beam. Well, that sounds weird to you guys, but he used his imagination. He used his heart and his spirit to imagine this stuff. And says, for knowledge is limited to all we know, know, and understand, while imagination embraces the entire world and all there ever will be to know and understand. I love this kind of stuff. So they engage their heart more than their head is really all I'm trying to show you. The kingdom is experienced by what is placed in your heart. So my, I'm trying to do my best to give you the good news in your heart. Amen? Is that, is that okay with you guys? All right, so let's keep going here. Okay, God was never angry with man. In fact, he goes, I'm going to give you cherubim and a sword. That, the, it's really a picture of Jesus. He is the word of God, the flaming sword, and the cherubim. So let's keep going here with the scripture. Ephesians 6.11. Now, this is the whole armor of God. How many of you guys know the demons and the, 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 the enemy? Everything's already been defeated. He doesn't need your help running around with a sword and every, all this kind of stuff, trying to conquer somebody that's conquered. That will give you no rest. Does, does that make sense? Give you zero rest. Um, and some of you guys are probably even involved in deliverance ministries. I just don't really see any rest. It's, it's like as soon as, as soon as I knew that I was okay, you mean I'm, I'm sinless? Oh, baby, that's the message I've been looking for my whole life. Like this peace came over us does that make sense to you guys all right so he's talking about the armor of god and all of the armor of god is a, is really what it's jesus it's hey you've got the the helmet of salvation you got the your feet shod with the gospel of peace and and so now he's talking about the sword of the spirit put on the whole armor of god that you may be able to stand against the vials of the devil what is a vial you guys know what a vial is it the the real word is methodology but it's tricks and strategies of the devil does the devil have any power no, he's got to deceive you. He's got to get your heart to believe the wrong thing about yourself. So when he came to the first man, did he zap him with the spirit of cancer, or what? He's like Adam. Stop listening to that rock music. The demon's going to jump on you, and you're going to open a doorway, and it's zoom zoom. I heard that all growing up too. You guys have seen the movie Footloose. That's so kind of like my town. It's true. So we just went to the other county to do it. You know, it's, it's silly, you know, it's, uh. anyway, my sister, now they're knowing all my secrets. because Michael, I had no idea. I said, I know, thank you, Lord. So, um, okay, but when he came to the first Adam, did he zap him with his power? And that's why Barbara and I have always taught this. I go, listen, if he had any power, he would kill you right now. If he had power to take your life, he would do it right now. There's nothing to worry about. He doesn't have any power. You will lay down your life when you're satisfied. Amen? Because he doesn't have that power. He's got to get you to breathe the long thing about yourself. Now that'll kill you. And what did, he, what did he get them to do? He gave the first Adam, he deceived Adam, saying, If you do these things, then you'll be pleasing to God and like God. He got them to believe the wrong thing about themselves. And that's what he tried with Jesus too in the desert. We've covered that. I don't keep going over that. So what does he need to do to you? is vials of the devil he's got to get you to believe that you're condemned you're a sinner you have generational curses you have uh you're not reading your bible enough you're not praying enough you're not doing everything enough but it's scripture clearly says you're complete in christ lacking nothing that's the message we have to share with everybody does that make sense but if religion can get you to deceived and it sounds good guys man mm, it sounds real good it's there's a way that seems right unto a man but in the end it leads to death you know what it is i have to do anything other than just be a son he loves me perfectly you have to do anything else, it sounds good, right? It will lead to, it'll, you'll, you'll start to decay, like things in your life, not just death, I'm just saying things in your life, you'll start exhibiting the works of the flesh, anger, strife, worry, all the things of the, the flesh, okay? So the vials of the devil, now we drop down to verse 17, and take the helm of the salvation and the sword of the spirit, so we saw the sword was the way to protect you back into life, Right? So the sword of spirit, which is what? Which is the word of God. Now, what is the word of God? This is how you need to start understanding scripture. Jesus was the word of God, became flesh. He is the message of man, the word, the rhema or the logos about man. So the message about your life is you're completely sinless in the father's house, seated at the right hand, a joint heir of Jesus Christ, perfectly loved. Let's have a party. That's the new covenant. is that amazing? If I need anything, what do I need to do? Ask. So if you ever get confused by any of these books, just go right back to Philippians 4 because it's perfect in Philippians 4. He wants you to rest. He doesn't want you to worry about having enough faith or not enough faith. I don't, how many of you guys have no rest when you're worried about whether you have enough faith? I remember going, I don't know if I have enough. Probably not because I'm me. Right? And I see all these preachers like, I'm this and that. And then I get to know them. I go, wow. Whew. Thank God you not listen to you. <laughs> I'm seriously. I, don't, I, I I wish these guys could get this. I wish they could get this piece for their soul. I really do. Because otherwise it'll be this little mixture and oh man, don't eat this. Don't, I just hate it. So the, word, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now let's, keep, let's see what this all says. So Hebrews 4, 6 is another place where we see the, the sword. So seeing therefore, it remaineth that some, all, this whole context he's talking about either you need to, to do something you're a human doing or you are a human being. So this is the book of Hebrews. He's established the fact that, hey, the old covenant, there was a temple. There's a new temple that's better in the new covenant. In the old covenant, there was a priest. There's a a priest, Jesus Christ, the order of Melchizedek, that's better. In the old covenant, there were sacrifices of, of lambs, which were good, pointed to good things to come. But in the new covenant, there's a better sacrifice. In fact, it's a perfect sacrifice that took away your sin forever. So that's the whole point of Hebrews. The old one was okay. The new one's much better. That's the whole book of Hebrews. So don't go back to the old one, is what it says, okay? They were being persecuted and all these things. They were like, this Christian gig isn't that great. So they were tempted to go back to the law, and he's like, no, stay here. This is where life is, okay? All right, so Hebrews 4, 6, so he's talking about the rest, the rest of God. Where was the rest of God? How, how, you had to go from the east to the west over the River Jordan, into the promised land, right? That's where they were going to find rest, the land flowing with milk and honey. Now, that's a type and shadow. What's our real rest today? Jesus, all the promises are yes and amen. Thank you, Lord, right? Those were types and shadows, but now we have the real thing, the title deed. Jesus. It all pointed to Jesus. Now we own that, okay? So, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of what? Unbelief. What is the only reason they didn't enter in? They didn't believe the good news, how do you not experience the kingdom? You don't believe the good news. That's all it is. So I think it's going to be really hard to get somebody to believe the good news if they make it unbelievable. It's, hey, you got to do, Robert, if you want anything, you got to get this deal up. I just, it does not fit to me. I just look at try, how I would treat my wife. Sweetie? I'm going to take care of you as long as you believe me enough. <laughs> How well, how well is this going to go over? Yet we think that's how our heavenly father is. Gosh, guys, come on. I, I, at some point, we've got to use our brain and not watch TV. Does that make sense? Because the father is better than I am. See, I, I want to get to heaven. As I've been telling a lot of these pastors, it's such, you've got to teach balance and all this nonsense. I go, you know what? That's fine. I want to get to heaven and have God tell me, I wasn't that good, Mike. Thanks for preaching that I was that good, but I wasn't really that good. See, I don't think I'm gonna find that there. I think I'm gonna find, you were close, but man, there was so much more I would've given you for free. That's what I believe. I believe it's not gonna be an angry father that gets there and go, "Yeah, because your unbelief was not higher than your belief. That's why you received nothing. See, I think that teaching affects your heart because now you start going, do I have enough? And the gospel is you have everything in Jesus Christ. Rest. That's what gives me peace. Now, when I, when I cut a covenant with her, I said, I'm going to marry you. I'll take care of you. I'll do all these things. I didn't put requirements on it like increase your faith because it wouldn't last long. Her faith in me comes from she trusts me. She's, she's gotten to know me. There's assurance there. Does that make sense? That's the only way you're going to get to really... Faith has to be produced in you by his spirit, by believing the right thing. A spirit is something that animates, that brings life. If you believe... See, if you believe you're not you don't have enough, you know what you are gonna produce? Fear. And it's the very thing that shuts down your faith and everything else. You're gonna start striving out of your willpower. So, anyway, so he's talking about, hey, enter into the rest. Could they have gone in? Yes, they could have gone in, right? But the old covenant, Moses, you had to die. That's what Joshua said now. Yeshua, hey, Moses, the servant is dead. You're no longer a servant because servants never could go into the house. They always stayed out, right? Now, hey, servanthood the, of you doing works is over. Joshua, it's time to cross over into the new covenant. Yeshua brings you in from the east side. You guys get all this? It's just all types and shadows. So anyway, they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of belief. Verse 10, for he that has entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. All right? So how do we get Rest. When we believe in Jesus, he's our way back into the promised land. Does that make sense? His name is salvation. If you go look up in, in Greek, it says soteria. What does what soteria or salvation cover? Everything. Oh, I trust in you, Lord. But we've made trusting in our faith the trust. It doesn't work. So, let's keep going here. Go down to verse 12. For the word of God is quick. It means it's alive. It doesn't mean it's fast, right? How many guys grew up more to faith like I did? If you had faith, it would happen now. Yet, I read the same scripture that says, let patience have its perfect work. Don't get into works right away because it's not happening immediately. That's the evil day. The evil day is not the enemy's coming to get me. The evil day is the enemy's come to tempt me to get back into works because God's not fast enough, Does that make sense? Evil is not Because see, we all read Frank Peretti's book and we think, oh God, there's a spirit, right? I'm reading that going, woo, wow. This is what I'm getting into? Yeah, God, you're amazing. This is amazing stuff. So (laughs) it gave me no peace, actually. I was like, I was pretty normal until I started reading this. For the word of God is alive, it means it brings life, and it's powerful, that's why Romans says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it, what is the gospel of Christ? The good news of Jesus Christ because it is the power unto salvation, right? The gospel, the good news. What, what do you do with good news? If I come and give you good news, you can accept it or reject it. If you accept it, that's just belief. That's all it is. If you reject it, that's unbelief. Well, that sounds great, but it's too good to be true, Mike. No, that's called religion. The gospel is good, it's, it's, you can believe it, amen? There's no requirements, there's no if, then, that, but. It's yes and amen. I know I say this, as probably driving you nuts, but the gospel is yes and amen, there's no requirements, there's no balance, there's no, nothing. It's yes and amen. What are you balancing? Do you have enough? That's my first question. <laughs> no, I guess not. Well then stop teaching it. Because the only way you're gonna get sure is to go, hey, you can be sure, he's good, he'll take care of you. It's, he'll, that brings life to me. Does that make sense to you guys? For the word of God is quick, it be, it's alive. It's probably the best way to say that. It's dunamis, it's powerful, it's exousia, all those power words. And sharper than any, what? Two-edged sword so you can cut down the devil. No. The deliverance ministries don't like me at all, but that's not what the sword is for. The sword, it says, piercing even to the dividing asunder. If you go look up in the, in the Greek, it says, distribution. Which would divide dividing asunder? It distributes. So this message of God, of Jesus, was really Jesus, is a two-edged sword. It means it's like sharp as the sharpest scalpel in the world, piercing even to dividing asunder or distributing to soul and spirit of the joints and marrow and a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That word discerner means critical, critique. It means this. Well, if you go read these love codes you go, Lord, I don't know why I'm worrying. I don't know why I'm, I keep struggling with... Uh, uh, whatever, whatever challenge you've got going on, that's not bringing life, right? The evil day is go do something more to fix it. That's the works day, right? And it typically sounds great. You got to get to church more. You got to read your Bible more. You got to do all this stuff more. That is the evil day. Does that make sense to you guys? When, when things aren't working, what's the easiest thing to do? Look at us. And unfortunately, the church goes, yep, that's right, do more. No, there's no rest. It's a holy day. There's not supposed to be any work. When the, when the lamb was sacrificed, it's a holiday. It's party, right? That means no servile work. You don't have to do anything to be pleasing to God. Let me heal your heart, and then I'll produce it in you. That's the whole new covenant. All right? So it's a critiquer, meaning that, hey, if you go read these prayers, aren't they simple? Lord, I don't know why I'm worrying about this situation. That's what Philippians 4 said. Hey, be anxious. Take no worrisome thought for anything, but in everything... With prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God, and the shalom of Jesus will take care of that situation for you. Why? Because he's critical. He goes, hey, you got a wrong belief system in your heart that you don't even know about, and it's producing this in your life because the heart is is where everything happens. So I'm going to fix that part of your heart. You just chill out and relax. That's exactly what this means. So the message of God that you're completely sinless, unconditionally loved, that means I don't keep any record of wrong, and I give everything. Freely. Isn't that love? Isn't that when you go read? Right? That's what it says. And then he, I'm just going to drop down to 15 because I love this stuff. So, hey, it distributes to your, anything you need. If it's your soul that needs critiquing and, hey, let me replace that wrong belief system with the right one, with the message of Jesus about your life. Follow me? Does that make sense to you guys? That's what it says. It says, Christ has made unto us Wisdom. And then I think I see people trying to gain knowledge, but the wisdom of Christ is this: What is? Let's apply Christ to this situation, because the truth about Jesus is the truth about me in this situation. That's the wisdom of Christ. Does that make sense? If I'm in this situation and I, I'm obviously not believing something, right, because it's causing worry in me, which produces fear and stress, right? So, Lord, you know your your word. The message of God will critique that part of my heart, spirit, soul, and it'll touch distribute life to any part that needs it, and I'll finally, for the first time in my life, start to experience life. Ask the Holy Spirit to heal that part of you, and he will do it. Isn't that beautiful? It's awesome to me. So, and, and so he does all this, and then four is, or because, for we have not a high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Now, see, I think feelings are really important. I know the word of faith, which I grew up, says ignore your feelings. How does that, how's that work? Usually, get in a fight if you're married. The facts, just stop worrying about that thing. Here's the facts. Facts is Jesus is this. I have no assurance here. I'm freaking out. Does that make sense? Just ignore those feelings. They don't matter. They're killing me, but I guess they don't matter. I'm worried. Have you guys been there? Now, buck up. God's done, (laughs) I was taught that one too, late Laura at Bible school. God's done everything He's gonna do for you. Now it's all about you building your faith. That just does not fit in my marriage. And he's supposed to, marriage is supposed to be an example of our covenant with Jesus is what Ephesians says, amen? So Nick, you you tell Hannah that? Wouldn't that work out really well? <laughs> no, you'd come sleep on my couch that night. So anyway, <laughs> what do you do? I told her her feelings didn't matter because I'm, I'm a faith man. <laughs> okay, right? See, I think feelings matter a lot, personally. Because feelings tell us where we're not believing the gospel. It tells us where our heart needs to be healed. <sighs> you ever seen in lack of compassion Christians? All the time, man. Because they're trying to be, have so much faith. I'm like, can you just give them some compassion? Stop doing this. God, he goes, I, I, I'm not a high priest like your high priest that has no compassion. That's what he's sharing Because You came to the high priest, there's no, and that unfortunately, that's how most of charismatic word of faith stuff I grew up in. That's all it is. It's like, it's, facts don't count. Your feelings, this is the truth. Now, believe this. So you're trying to believe and receive, and it's killing you. And you're getting angry. You snap at your wife and kids and everybody on the interstate. And You got your little fish there with your three fish behind it. And, and I'm looking at them going, man, an car would just be beautiful every now and then. Take my Hummer and <laughs> drive over that thing. <laughs> oh, Lord, right? That's what... That's what that's what lack of love does. You just get irritated by a lot of things. Does that, that make sense? So, for we... <laughs> and he's trying to show them, hey, the high priest in the old covenant was unbreakable. Like, you can't... It's, it's written in stone. You cannot break this thing. Right? Unless you've seen Monty Python. There used to be 15 commandments. Now there's only 10. Because he broke one coming down. So, it's great if you've ever seen that. I'll show it to you at my house if you ever come. <laughs> <laughs> you might be worried a demon's going to jump on me, but relax. That's you guys. So anyway, you can't watch that. That'll happen to you. No, I've watched it my whole life, and I haven't had, but you had. So anyway, for we, <laughs> for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He's not worried about how we feel, guys. I, he's totally worried about how I feel. I mean, he's, what, I'm, what I wanted to say was, he's not going to hold your feelings against you, because how I was taught, if you feel this way, that's an evidence of lack of faith. No kidding, is what I would say right? No Sherlock, right? That's why I always tell people, when people tell me stuff, I go, oh, that's a master of the obvious. Wow, you're amazing. Somehow I can be as knowledgeable as you. Amazing. This is what scripture says. Would you just stop with your scripture thing? So, love is the most powerful force in the world. Does that make sense? I've never heard a pastor talk like this. <laughs> you can go to nice ones. They'll... We have not a high priest. Hey, he's telling them, our high priest is not like that. He cares for you. He's worried about how you feel. He, wants, he gave you a mind and will and emotion so you can experience his life. Does that make sense? But he wants you to produce the right thing. So, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Because he's our representative and he didn't sin, now guess what? Do you have any sin? No. See, the first Adam was sin. And he, he failed. He was deceived by the devil. The second Adam wasn't deceived by the devil. And that's what he's saying here. He was tempted. He had all the same emotions, the feelings as you. Do I have enough faith? Maybe I don't. If I really had faith, I would all... He had all that is what it says. Follow me? Yet he didn't fail. Since that's the truth, let us therefore... See, if that's true, that's what he's saying. Guess what? If he's our representative and he's perfect, how does God view you and I? Perfect. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace. If you guys have heard this, it's it's sin makes us cowards. Sin will make coward, actually, it says, the law will make the coward of any man. Because the law, hey, you don't have enough or do something more or less, immediately produces fear and doubt. And I get it, guys. They're trying to do the right thing. They're trying to somehow produce faith by telling you you don't have enough. I need to balance something. It will not produce faith. I don't care what you try to do. The only thing that produces faith is his love in you. Like, he loves me so much, he'll take care of me despite me. Oh, wow. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I've still got this issue I'm dealing with, this worry, this anger, etc. You critique my heart because I don't even know what it's from. That's what these books are talking about. But you heal it for me so I don't have to live the rest of my life this way. That's what the whole thing is. I don't want you to live that way the rest of your life, so I'm going to separate you. I'm going to divorce you from the garden, is what it says. I'm going to put you over here, but I'm going to preserve a way back in. I'm going to go conquer that sin, and that tree of the knowledge of good and evil things, so you have no more consciousness of it. Now you can only eat from the tree of life, and you're going to experience life. Ha, that's what we're supposed to be feeding on day and night, that, that I'm okay, I'm perfect, I'm sinless. Okay? So, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. What's Grace. Charisma, charismata, the, the gifts, the grace gifts, right? Charisma. Follow me? I've seen a lot of people teach grace that have zero grace. It's tough. Right? It's the grace of God. I'm like, well, then, then show him grace. Let us therefore come boldly, meaning, hey, you're sinless, man. You can go right into the Father's presence, just like the high priest in the old covenant was nervous. He thought, man, if he doesn't accept this sacrifice, I'm hosed, right? But now, New Covenant, that was just a type and shadow New Covenant. He sat down, you're perfect forever. Come boldly to the Father's love. And what's he going to do for you? We can obtain mercy. What's mercy? Thank God we don't get it, what we deserve. There's no karma. Amen? We will find mercy and find grace if you have enough faith. No, when you need it. When you need it. When you don't have enough faith. Does that make sense? That's the very time you need it. Lord, I don't know if I... (laughs) I need help in this situation because obviously my faith is all petered out. My faith is not faithing anymore. (laughs) Does that make sense? And I read these books and I watch television. Everything but grace is preached, in my opinion. Come boldly to the throne of grace that you may find mercy and grace. Let's finish this thing up and we're done. All right. You'll find life by what you believe. He's preserving your way in. We saw that the cherubim was what? The mercy seat. You're sinless amen it has to start there because if you if you have if you have a consciousness of sin that in any way you fall short in his eyes you won't come boldly to the throne and then the word he goes i'm going to preserve the way into life by the cherubim and the flaming sword and we saw that the word of god is quick and powerful and the sharper than two edged sword what is the word of god the message of jesus about your life he is the word of god that became flesh that will distribute life to every part of you your soul spirit and body does that, does that make sense and what is what is the message? You're sinless in the Father's house, you have everything. Ask and relax. Instead of worrying about anything, in everything, let your request be known unto God. How many of you guys want your worry to go away? How many want your health situation to go away? How want your lack, fear of lack and all these things to go away? Instead of you trying to produce it by doing something more, that's the evil day. It's the works day. I gotta do this more. The message has to be you're perfect the way you are. Just let him produce it in you. (laughs) Now, to somebody that wants to mix it, that is a terrible message because they want to boast in their mixing. Does that make sense? And In my opinion, they confuse those scriptures where it says, therefore it's by faith that it's by grace because faith was just the opposite of the law. Jesus performed all of that for me and I don't have to do anything but accept that. That's faith. Hallelujah. I can ask God for anything because Jesus qualified me. Does that make sense? Where is boasting then? There is none. Because you can't boast if he does it all. Follow me? But I see a lot of grace preachers boast. I've got this and I've balanced this thing out. They go, that's boasting, man. You, you, you can do nothing without him is what it says. Nothing. How many things know what nothing is? It's nothing. Except for me. Oh. Sorry. It will produce supernatural doing. See, I think this is where people get confused. They go, just rest. That means don't do anything. Guys, when you really are convicted of his love for you, it produces the will and the to do. It produces doing. You'll be excited to go do stuff. And you won't be doing it out of willpower, which will get you, just get you tired. And you'll get to this point where, you're like, ah, Lord, I can't keep going on like this. Does that, does that make sense? you want it to produce the supernatural doing. Lord, I just love what I'm doing because I know whatever you're gonna, whatever I put my hand to, you're going to prosper. And if I don't see it now, if it gets worse for a while, it doesn't mean I'm not doing anything wrong. It's not going to force me into an evil day where I have to go do something more. You wake up every morning going, man, he loves me perfectly. I'm in the father's house. He'll provide for me. He'll provide my faith. He'll provide my healing. He'll provide everything for me. If I don't see it right now, nothing separates me from his love. It's not an action that I'm missing something. If I'm missing anything, I'm missing the good news of that area in my life. And it I need to get that in there. Lord, critique my heart in that place. Fill it with your love for me and let it produce. You guys get it? You're starting to get it anyway. It's powerful, man, when you start doing it. So ask the Holy Spirit to critique or discern is what that scripture says and heal your heart. Heal your spirit, your heart. Your soul, your body is what it says. So you experience mercy and grace as supernatural favor. The whole, every message in the Bible says the same thing to me. That's why when people go, oh, don't stop those books, I go, no, I'm just gonna show you scripture that everything confirms that, and those books confirm this, that there is a rest. You can rest and let him produce it in you. Isn't that amazing? It's pretty cool. So you'll stop worrying and start living. I, I, I've gotten texts from a lot of you guys, like, I don't care how old you are, they're like, this is the first time I feel like... Uh, Laura, you were talking to Barbara and I. We were talking about this. When we've lived for something for with something for so long, we don't even know what it's like to feel normal. We just have accepted it. Oh, that's how it is to be a Christian. No, it's not, guys. There's life in it. See, if there's if there's anger, worry, strife, the works of the flesh are obvious. It'll be evident. You'll know what's going on. So ask the Holy Spirit to heal that part of your spirit, soul, and body. Does that make sense? Maybe. I don't know. I, I see guys trying to produce and balance are angry, typically. There's no rest. <clears throat> they're worried and angry, and there's, there's really no compassion, typically. And, you know, I watch it, and they're, God, they've got all this faith. Like, that's not attractive. It's, it'll kill you, actually. It, you know, it's attractive to me. and go, man, what, why that's why I love, you know, like, here's how Joseph Prince teaches it, exactly like the books. He goes, hold it in a loose hand. Lord, if you do this or don't do this, I'm going to be okay. All of a sudden, you can get to a place where the spirit can actually produce faith in you. Isn't that beautiful? But we're trying to do, no, I'm in faith and I'm ignoring those feelings and I'm yelling scripture, it's a sword and I'm battling that demon, that thing. And we're like, just stop, it's not even, that's not what the sword is, the sword is the message of Jesus. And it's a scalpel for you not to battle the demon. It's a surgical instrument that's so powerful it can critique your heart, spirit, soul, body. It fixes everything about you. It's a surgeon goes in there and does your thing. Isn't that beautiful? All right, so you'll stop worrying and start living. How many guys want that? Mm. Hallelujah. You'll operate in love instead of fear in relationships. See, if you have all these relationships, a lot of times, it, I'm not trying to be critical of you, but I, I have to do this in my own life. If I have the same issue with everybody, who's the common denominator in the whole thing? <laughs> me. So, you know, like, this guy's this, and this guy's this, and this. I've been there, trust me. If this guy would just see it my way, and then I realize that I'm telling everybody to, think to see it my way, and then I have to step back and go, but Mike, you're the only one in all these relationships. It's uncomfortable because you go, really? It might be me. <laughs> no, I'm the man of God. No, you're a jerk, you know? Does that make sense to you guys? Does that make sense to you guys? So step it's not to be critical of you to that's what that it's a discerner doesn't mean I can see you, Patty. Prophets come, we start freaking out, right? <laughs> and new covenant prophecy is never to expose them, it's to heal them. It's it's uh, we'll get into that, but anyway. Hey. If you're, if guess what, he'll heal those relationships. You can honestly, when you feel loved, you can receive love and your relationships will start to heal. And I just think you'll live inspired instead of out of willpower. How many guys have, see, if, if your inspiration, we all know this is right in the spirit. Now we've turned it into falling down and laughing a lot and getting a touch, but that's not what it is. As I agree, some of those things can happen, but in the spirit inspired inspiration means he's doing it in me. I'm doing it from the heart. You guys have all heard that, right? Hey, gosh, he's, that came from his heart. Have you guys heard talk, people talk like that? What does that mean? That's real. That's the real him, man. That came from his heart. Does that make sense to you guys? So that's what we do. So get to your feet. Hopefully this is making sense to you. Okay. I don't care what you got, because we all got it. Nonsense. Anybody else have nonsense? I do. <laughs> See, I love humility like that. That's how I me mean too. Like, are you a man of God? Well, don't put me in that category, right? That's 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 yeah. that's "What did I say?" Anybody have nonsense? He goes, "Tons of it." I go, "Yoo hoo! Welcome to the club." That's how I feel a lot of times. That's what I do. I just like God, Lord, you're so good because you take care of me and I'm a knucklehead. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And I can live from that assurance that despite me, he's going to bless me, heal me, prosper me. I don't have to worry about my lack of faith, this, that. First time I get, hey, whether I'm healed or not, Lord, you still love me. That's what that whole thing in Romans talks about. He's correcting really our, our whole thought process about this. Then where do faith comes. If we had faith, it would happen now. Ooh. And then I read the same scripture that says, let patience have its perfect work. <laughs> How do those mix? They don't. So it's like, Lord, whether you heal me or don't heal me, and I know, guys, I'm, I'm stepping on huge toes right now. I've just watched you guys, and I've watched for 20 years being a Christian, and I go, I hate it. I hate this message that's killing people, in my opinion. And I go, man, I just, wanna, I needed peace for myself. I needed peace for my, God, Lord, I'm so, my, my faith meter's unfaithing, man. Can I just rest? Right? And that's what it says. Listen, if he gave his only son when you were still a sinner, now that you're justified, how much more will he require you to do something? That's not what it says. It says, how much more will he freely give you everything? Amen? You have it. And that's the message of the gospel. So stop battling the demons. The sword's for you. It's to distribute life to your spirit, soul, and body. It's a critiquer and discerner of your soul, your spirit. Lord, just heal every part that's not, that hasn't seen the gospel yet. You do it for me. I'm going to rest and you'll be shocked at things start to work you start to live inspired when you honestly give up I know you've all heard that but very few of us have done it including me I, I hope you know that I'm never preaching at you maybe sometimes I'm not trying to because so I, I don't want to ever even say that because like, um, sometimes when there has to be correction I'm not correcting you I'm correcting that wrong thing that we were taught follow me? But guess what? I've probably experienced the same thing, so I'm preaching at me at the same time. So I hope you understand that. uh, If he's a a high priest that understands our infirmities, man, I better understand that, that we're all just us. Follow me? And then I go, Lord, you just love me enough that you'll critique my heart, you'll critique my spirit, you'll know what needs to be fixed, and I just ask you to fix it. I come boldly to your throne. I'm going to experience mercy and grace. So whatever issue you got, and they do it two ways. They go, if you, were, if you were to ask for anything right now, what would it be? Or the other side is, What's the thing you're most afraid of? And go, I don't even know what's producing it. It's your heart that's producing it. The wrong belief system in your heart. And just ask the Holy Spirit to heal it. Ask it to shine its light on you. He will do it, is what He says. I will distribute to every part that needs it because I'm a loving God and I want to fix you. And I want you to be back in just to experience nothing but life. I'm the sword. I'm the mercy seat. That's how you're going to experience life. Let me take my scalpel and hit, feel, let me fix your heart. Let me fix your mind, will, and emotions. It's not battling this spirit and that spirit of that. There's no rest in that. Lord, you heal me. Because those demons are already, they're nothing. The battle's been won. Amen? Does that help you guys? So whatever you're asking for, let's just come boldly to the throne. You know what? The lamb's perfect. It's a holiday. We don't have to work for it. We can freely ask for it, is what he says. Instead of worrying about anything, come boldly to the throne with the spirit of thanksgiving, let him fix it. And then he goes, now use your imagination, I've created you so fearfully and wonderfully, now use your imagination to think on these things, things that are lovely, etc. I was just sharing with her one of my favorite things is, is uh, I've got this picture where she's like, on her heels, like smooching me. I go, man, I love it, So in my office. I go, that's what I picture when I have to experience love. I go, God, I got a good wife. Man. She's got a knuckle-headed husband, but I got a good wife. I love it. She's smoochy. Hey, she bats her eyes, man, I'm over. You know, it's like, I don't have a prayer. But that's what I, honestly, that's that that's picture of love I was telling her ago when I'm reading these books, I'm, God, that, that just, I love it, man. And then it says, he's our real husband. If I get that experience from her, ask him to do that for you. Does that make sense to you guys? And honestly, when your heart is healed, it talks about that. He goes, you'll start to experience life like you've never experienced it. You know what would be amazing to you? Things don't, won't necessarily work perfectly right away, but you'll still experience life. Your Lord, whether that's it or not, I can rest because I know if I lose anything, don't lose anything, nothing will separate me from the love of God. It actually heals my heart so I can actually have him go produce it in my life. Does that that make sense to you guys? I know it's it's the exact opposite word of faith, like, no, stand, and the enemy's gonna steal from you if you do all this stuff. Listen, he's already stealing from you. If you're worried about it, he's already got you out. He's already got you worried. He's already stealing from you. Follow me? So, Father, we love you, we praise you. Just hopefully this makes sense to people, that your gospel's so good, it's so pure, it's so unbalanced, it's so hyper-grace. that's how good you are see I'm confident when I get to heaven you're gonna go nice try but I'm way better than what you even said I don't think I'm gonna get there and go no I'm not that good why'd you preach that because you are love and you're a light so father whatever's affecting any of us even myself if there's any worry if there's any anxiety if there's any anger if there's any fear of finances if there's any fear of relationships what if this happens then this Man, we all experience it. Jesus experienced every one of those feelings is what it said. And he doesn't judge us or critique us for it. He goes, I conquered that because I trusted what God said about me. So, Father, we just thank you that you'll heal every part of their whole, their heart, their, their mind, will, and emotions. Just fix that thing. Let the love and light of God, just feel every cell in their body, feel every part of their heart, the deepest crevices. Let them rest. Let them live for the first time in their life. Let them experience your love, your joy, your peace. Let them experience your righteousness. and Let that produce a million fold in their lives, Lord. We just thank you for that effective prayer of a righteous man. All these people are completely sinless. When they ask, it produces. Don't let them get into works where they worry about it's not going fast enough. You're right on time. It's okay. So, Father, we thank you for supernatural results. That's who you are. Father, we heal their hearts supernaturally. Let them live for the first time in their life. Let them be worry free. If they ever creeps up, we can just—we know what to do with it. We cast our cares to you, and you take care of us. That's how good you are, and you'll produce it in us. You'll produce the life. You'll produce the finances. You'll produce it through us. We'll be so excited that you're living your life through us. That's what you really wanted for all of us. So we say thank you. We thank you for supernatural healing in their bodies. Touch every soul. Touch their heart. Touch everything. Let the love of God out of their heart. Fix every cell in their body. Remove every fear. Father, heal every relationship that needs to be healed. We just thank you for that. Father, just give them, Father, let let Psalm 91 be real to them. That they don't need to worry about anything. You've got them under your wings. You're seated with them in the mercy seat between the cherubim, between those wings. You'll take care of everything. They don't need to worry about disease. They don't need to worry about sickness. They don't need to worry about lack. They don't need to worry about anything. You're their comforter. You're their provider. So we just thank you for that. Let that miracle-working power flow through every one of these people. We just say, thank you, Jesus. We say all that is yes and amen. In Jesus' magnificent name we pray. Amen, amen.